Please be seated. <clears throat> we live in an age in which many people want to talk about their spiritual journey or their faith journey. And that sounds fine, but I always kind of find myself asking, well, I wonder what the content of that is. I wonder what people mean by such phrases. I assume that when we talk about a spiritual journey, we're talking about some kind of intentional path toward growing in wisdom or toward the knowledge of God or toward living an integrated life or something like that. I did a little, little web search and came up with a, a site called thespiritualjourney.org, and they have a test, a spiritual test, uh, so that they can offer a personalized roadmap uh, for your own spiritual journey. It's your spiritual journey, they say. If you're not quite ready to take the spirituality test, why not have a look at notes about the spiritual journey or articles instead? There's so much to discover in your spirituality. Profound experiences to be gained and depths of wisdom to be touched, vast challenges to be overcome and abundant fulfillment to be enjoyed. Make the most of the opportunity you have to explore and develop your spirituality there's no better time to begin. Start your spiritual journey here. Take the test. I, I was not strong enough to do that. Um, but the, that's exactly what I mean by this sort of hard to get, lots of wonderful promise. But what's the content? What, what is involved in a spiritual journey? See, almost all invitations to a spiritual journey involve some kind of disciplined, intentional practice in community at some point. When we send out our 10th graders on a pilgrimage or invite adults to join a transformational journey such as we're going to be offering this summer to Spain, there is always attention to spiritual practice, prayer and worship, journaling, gift-giving, reflection, and the like. I know that what is perceived as religion is out of favor these days, but for the life of me, I don't know how to avoid the practice of community as part and parcel of anything we might call a spiritual journey. And once we're bound to God and to others in some kind of mutual commitment, then we're doing something fundamentally religious, like it or not, from the Latin religio, or I bind. We are a people bound. There's something else about our vague talk of journeys that makes me uneasy, and that is that it's not always accompanied by any sense of real destination. Perhaps I'm saying the same thing in a different way. The journey itself is the point, we are told, much to the amazement of anyone who's in, been in the back of the plane for a long-haul flight, enduring all manner of indignity and discomfort in order to reach a desired destination. Now, while I want to be open to surprises along the way, and while I might choose for one reason or another to change my destination, I still think the ancient philosopher was correct. A sailor without a destination cannot tell an ill wind from a fair one. So the Magi, the wise people who came to Jerusalem and Bethlehem from the east, were on a spiritual journey, were they not? They were astrologers, or at least people who navigated by following stars. Perhaps they searched the heavens for signs of God at work in the world. They certainly studied the ancient texts, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is a shepherd to my people Israel. They shared their knowledge with Herod. They essentially received the travel visa, and they followed the star, 
until it stood over the place where the child was. They might not have known the particulars of their destination, but they were certainly expectant that God was doing a great thing in the world. It's interesting that their first act of homage was expressed as extravagant generosity. The whole story of the epiphany or the manifestation of God at work in the world, that's what this is. Something started these wise people on their journey. What was it? They followed the guides they knew, ancient texts and wisdom, the stars in the heaven. They grew in their pursuit of what really mattered to them, and they trusted their own instincts because having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Rowan Williams is the former Archbishop of Canterbury, now Master of Magdalen Cambridge, my college, incidentally. And he commented on matters religious and spiritual in a talk he gave uh, in the Oxford schools in November 2004. He said, a religious life is, is a material life. Forget for the moment the arguments we might have about the definition of the spiritual. Living, living religiously is a way of conducting bodily life. It has to do with gesture. It has to do with place, sound, habit. It's not first and foremost with what is supposed to be going on inside. The whole idea of an inner life is properly when we put it together from a, when we put it together from a certain reading of visible lives. It's not a self-evident category. It's not a cluster of intangible experiences. Inner life is not about mental dispositions, but it what's, it's what comes to the light, Williams says, as the sense, the intelligibility of a certain pattern of acts. For my money, the spiritual journey is marked at the beginning by baptism, an epiphany of sorts, and it ends with Christian burial. And the transitions of our lives along the way are marked and celebrated in the community of faith. And the core spiritual practices of prayer and worship through the day and through the year and through the life cycle, developing the heart of a servant, confronting anxiety through practices of generosity are all encouraged even as we learn to go deep into the ancient texts and the modern story. It's, it's how we build resilience. It's how we build our trust in the one who tells us we are beloved beyond imagination. And it's how, knowing that we are loved, we can face anything, even when life gets hard. The Magi followed the star, traveling together, giving away their knowledge to Herod, vowing in adoration and worship, giving generously of what they had. Not a bad image of Christian community. So, for me, so many of the trappings of religion that we have inherited can seem obscure, can seem irrelevant to us, and thus it has been in every age. But we need to raise those baptized this day and encourage ourselves and our friends to remember that there is a baby in the religious bathwater. It's the babe of Bethlehem. Belief is not a matter of giving intellectual assent to a series of dodgy philosophical propositions or mindlessly demanding that everyone believe in the tooth fairy as we do. Belief is less mental activity and more a pattern of or habits or practices 
developed in response to the intimations of grace that are all around us. When we become aware, we start responding. We start practicing. We choose to live toward what really matters. So call it spiritual, call it religious, but let us grow in faith together, beginning anew in homage at the stable, practicing the faith, honing our instincts and intuitions in life, and ever looking for signs of God's hand at work in our lives and in the world. May this new year bring blessings on blessings to each and every one of you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.